I entitled this Our Appointment with God. You know, there's coming a day that each and every one of us are going to have an appointment with God. Uh, the only way we're going to miss out on that, we're still going to have an appointment with God, but it won't be through death. It'll be through the, through the rapture. Uh, now, if, if Jesus comes back before our time comes, we'll never see death. We will be, we'll be taken up, raptured into heaven, and we'll never see death. We will get a glorified body on the way to heaven, but uh, we will all at one time, if Jesus doesn't come back, we will go to the Lord through death. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it, uh, in Psalms 90, verse 12, it tells us, it says, So teach us to use or to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us these days you give us the wisdom, Lord, to know you, to serve you, to hear you, and to do what you want us to do. You know, most people don't know this, but Psalms 90, do y'all know who wrote that? It was not David. It was not Saul. King Saul, it was not him. You know who wrote Moses? Moses wrote the 90th Psalm. Some even think he wrote the 91st, but most of them think that was David. But many have said, well, Moses wrote 90 and 91. But uh, I kind of go along with, after when, I, when I've read that 91, it's more like David, I think, than Moses. But I don't know. I wasn't there. So, but anyway, Moses said to Teach us, Lord, to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom or to know more about you and what you want us to do with the time that you have given us here upon this earth. You know, each one of us has, a, has an appointed time. Matter of fact, in Hebrews 9, 27, it tells us, it says, For it is appointed unto man once to die, then the judgment. But you know, if you belong to God right now, you won't see the judgment. But you, we will have a day of reckoning that God will take us home. But you were judged at the cross and found not guilty. So you will not stand before the great white throne judgment, but you will stand before a judgment seat. But it is a seat of reward. It is called the judgment seat of Christ. And if you make it to the judgment seat of Christ... You're already in heaven because that's where that judgment will take place. And it is, a, it is a judgment for our rewards, for what we have done, how we have served Christ here upon this earth. Now, I'm, I say it's what we've done. That's not what, God got, that's not what got you to heaven. Your faith and your belief in Jesus Christ is what got you to heaven. But still, we are to serve God while we're here to tell others about God, what God has done, and to try to encourage others as yourself to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior so they can also have eternal life in heaven and miss the judgment day of Christ. And uh, it's hard to explain. You know, I guess being a pastor, doing funerals, it's hard because somebody will evidently ask you, why? Why did this life have to end so early? 
why did they have to die like this? You know, when people, maybe they feel a life's been cut short. And sometimes we all feel like it's been cut short. But maybe we expected that person, you know, to live longer than what they did. I think, I think a younger person, we expect them to live longer than what, than, than, than what some of them do. But who are we to say that their death wasn't that person's appointed time? God appoints the time that we will come home to be with him. Uh, God in the Bible says he knows the day of our birth and he knows the day of our death. It says we have an appointed time. God has an appointed time for each one of us. We don't know when that time is, but God does. And uh, who are we to say that it wasn't the exact length of time that God had ordained or set forth for that man or woman from the very beginning of their life? When they are born, God knows that day. But when they're born, he also sets the day for their death. Now, why? I don't know. I cannot answer that. But God has a reason for everything that he does. We have to realize this. And, uh, but God has a set time for each one of us. And, and sometimes, even though it may be a young person, and sometimes the only answer that I can give a person, I give it to them how the book of Isaiah and this makes a lot of sense as to why a person can leave this earth early, or it may not be early, but to us it's early, but for God it's right on time. Listen to what Isaiah 57 verse 1 and 2 says. And it can answer some questions, but, but Lord, why did this person go so early? Or Lord, why did you take this person at this time? Listen to what it says. Uh, this verse tells us something about death that we have maybe never even thought about. In verse 1 it says, The righteous perish or die, and no man lays it to heart or really thinks about it or considers it. And merciful men are taken away. God takes away a merciful person. No one considering that the righteous are taken away from the evil that is to come. How do we know what was going to come upon this person's life? God does. God knows what's going to come upon this, these people's lives. But there is a time that God says, no, I don't want you to go through this. I don't want you to go through that pain, that hurting, and that suffering. You belong to me. I want you to come home to me. See, when my loved one dies, we see them leaving us. But that's not what God sees. God sees them coming home. He sees them coming home to him. We see them leaving, but God says, my child is coming home to be with me for all eternity. If we belong to God, our home is heaven. And, and God sometimes will take us to keep us from going through the evil. That's what it says. Listen here. It says, because the righteous are taken away from the evil that is to come. God knows what is going to happen in each one of our lives. He knows we have an enemy out there. Oh, God could, could stop it, but why don't he? Because there are some times that, that God 
has, has already predained for certain things for us to come home early. I mean, he knows when we're going to come home. And it's going to be up to him. He said, and here in verse 2, he says, And he, the person that has passed, said, And he shall enter into peace, and they shall rest in their beds, each one walking in uprightness. They are going to come into a peace that they would have never known through all the suffering and the hurting that they could have gone through that God says, No, you're coming home with me, and you're not going to go through that. So we have to sometimes just think that God, and God does, he knows ahead of time of what's going to happen to each one of us, what we're going to go through. And it's hard for us to uh, still deal with it, but God, you could have stopped the evil. And he could have. Why didn't he? Because that wasn't God's plan. It wasn't God's plan. We just have to end up and say, Lord, I do not understand. But, Lord, I trust you. Because we're not going to understand everything that God does. It tells us that. that, that he says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are as high as the heavens. God sees and knows things that we will never know till we get to heaven. People are going to say, well, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God this and I'm going to ask God that. Chances are you make, you're going to get to heaven. You're going to be so full of joy and happiness you're not even going to remember those things you wanted to ask. But that is going to be a whole different experience. It's going to be joy. It's going to be, it, it's going to be a reunion time for all those that went ahead of you. I know that I've got friends and family that I know that I'm going to see again. It's like right now, all of my family, my mother, my dad, my grandparents, and all this kind of, I'm the only one. I've got my daughter, my grandchildren, my wife. But as far as my family, siblings, they're all gone. But I will see them again someday. My sister, I did her service right here in this church. She, when she passed, I did her her service here in this church. It was just it was just a family get together. It was more of a memorial. Then we we drove down to where she was buried, and we buried her. So she's been gone uh, several years now, about three or four years, and. Uh, so, you know, and, and I wondered, I said, you know, Lord, why do these things happen? I mean, she, she's younger than me. And then, that's it, kind of where God pointed me to this verse. But if I think back, she was going through so much health problems, so much pain, she was in constant pain all the time. Going to doctors, this and that. And as I thought about it, because sometimes I'd, I'd talk with her and I was taking her to the doctor. And she would tell me how much she hurt and she didn't understand. Sometimes you just wish you could just go to sleep and not wake up. That's just about what she did. I got to see her before she passed. 
I, I, I talked to her. I don't know what all she understood. But I was asking her some questions, and I had her hand. I said, if you, if you hear me or can understand some things I'm saying, just squeeze my hand. And I felt just a little squeeze. And all I could do is say, Lord, thank you. Because I knew when the time come, I'd talk to her about Christ. And she said she knew the Lord Jesus Christ. So I feel like that she is in heaven and that I will see her again. But then I got to thinking about the pain, the hurt, and the agony the, that she was going through. And I said, she's not doing that anymore. She's at peace. She's not hurting. You know, even the Bible tells us that there is no more pain, there's no more suffering, there's no more crying, there's no more tears, there's no more death in heaven. God doesn't allow that in heaven. No more sickness. Heaven is one place you're going to be so healthy and so well and so full of joy that we can't even begin to imagine what it's going to be like because we don't experience it here. We do not experience what heaven has to offer here on this earth. Some of you have lost your loved ones. I look out here, I see a number of them here I've done services for. But in your heart, knowing what they was going through, and the hurting, and the suffering, and you knew they knew Christ, there'll be joy in your heart because they're not going through it anymore. But you know when Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you know that you're going to see them again. You're going to be with them again. And this time, it's, it's, it's just, there's no saying goodbye. It's be a constant reunion. You're always going to be in each other's presence, and that's going to be for all eternity forever. And... Uh, so sometimes when God does some things in our life that we don't understand, we just have to say, God, you're God and I'm not. You know what you're doing. No, I don't understand everything, but I do have my faith is in you. I trust you, and I believe that you knew what you was doing when you did it. And, you know, even David, here in the books of Acts, Apostle Paul says something about King David. Here in Acts 13, verse 36, it says, For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. In other words, he saw death. And I've just made a little sample here. I've put, And when David had served God's purpose in his life, he fell asleep and was buried with his fathers. After he had served God's purpose for his life here on this earth, he had finished serving God, God says, David, you've done what I called you to do. This is what I ordained you to do. Ordained. Do you know what ordained means? It means to set apart for the purpose of God. To set apart. I've got a purpose for you. And God sets you apart for a purpose. David's life was ordained by God to do a, a work for God. And we can see all through the Bible, all through Psalms, all through the Old Testament, how David served God. 
and how God loved David. All the things that God did for David. Oh, David wasn't a perfect person, no. But we aren't either, are we? But God said David had a heart after his. He loved God with all of his heart. Oh, he made mistakes. But we all do. But God still loves us. And God forgives us. When we mess up, God says, and we ask God to forgive us, and we truly mean it, God says, you're forgiven. That's just like David. You know, like I said, David did a lot of things that really David should have been punished for. And in a way, he was punished, but not to, the, to, to what we would feel like, how we would punish somebody. You know, David's deal with Bathsheba. Just think about that. In his affair with Bathsheba, a lot of things took place. David actually committed murder. He broke, I think if I counted it back right, it was about six of the Ten Commandments. He lied. He did all kinds of things. And God, God kept waiting for David to ask him to forgive him. I guess David, he, he, probably, he was probably right at a couple years. And David never asked God to forgive him. God sent his, a prophet, Nathan, to him. Nathan, I want you to go to David and tell him he needs to repent. And Nathan Nathan went to David, talked to him, gave him a little kind of a parable about a man that had a little lamb, a little sheep. He said, and this man came and took that man's little sheep, then went and killed it to feed a, a neighbor. Well, David was just beside himself. And David said, he ought to be killed. Nathan looked at David and said, David, you're that man. He had stolen Bathsheba and then had her husband killed. So he was comparing David to this parable. David like to lost himself. This is what really caused David to repent. Sometimes we have to really think back when we mess up and say, Lord, I messed up. I'm coming before you asking you, Lord, to forgive me. Lord, I'm truly repenting. God says when we come to him with a contract or a truly hurting heart, he says, I'll forgive you. We can't go to God just to say, Lord, I messed up, forgive me, and not mean it in our heart. You have to mean it. You have to really regret it. When we repent, it has to be a true repentance. And God will forgive us. He will forgive us. You know, as great a man as David was, and he had served God, excuse me, whenever David had served God's purpose for his life, then God said, David, it's time for you to come home. You've served your purpose. That's time for you to rest. It's time for you to enjoy some things for a while. David went through a lot of things. He went through family problems. He had a son that tried to overthrow David. 
kingship. And this son lost his life. There were so many things that happened in David's life. But David still loved the Lord. He still wanted to be Lord, the Lord's man to serve God. And I think after we look at David too in a way, this is one reason we should make each and every day in our life count and to please God. That's what David wanted to do. He wanted above all things to please God. How many of us think when something happens in our life, do we get angry at God? I think sometimes we probably have. But then after we think about it, and we see that our loved one now is not going through the hardships, the hurting, and the things that they were going through, I think sometimes we say, Lord, forgive me for my anger. Lord, I know you know what you're doing. You know our hearts. You know, Lord, that I love you and I want to serve you. But sometimes we just, we go through things. And at that time, that is when you get down like that, that is when the enemy really attacks you. He sees you're kind of angry at God. He eggs that on. See how God does treat you? You think God loves you? Well, you shouldn't serve God if he'll do these kind of things to you. And some of us have probably felt that way. But that is the enemy. He's going to come to you at your weakest point when you're suffering, when you're hurting, and when you're going through things to try to turn you against God and make it sound like it was God's fault that this happened. And uh, I think that, that one of the things that we have to look at in David's life after he had served his purpose of what God had called him to do. God was not angry at David. God wanted David in his presence. So David brought him, so God brought David home to heaven. And you know, when David got to heaven, probably one of the first things he did was hug his little son that God took because David's sin with Bathsheba. You know, even David said, when, when God told him his son would die, David fasted, he prayed, he did everything he could. But when the little son died, David made a mistake, a statement. He says, no, my son cannot come back to me. Not from heaven. But I David said, I will see my son again. Some of us that have lost family, like I said, we will see him again. They can't come back here, but we can go to them, and we'll be with them for all eternity. And I look out here, and I see quite a few of you that I've been part of your life and doing a funeral service. And that hurt me. 
because you hurt. But then I get to thinking, you know, God's got a purpose for why he does something. But we do not know what that loved one, and you don't know, what they could have very easily have gone through that could have caused so much misery, so much hurt, so much pain, and God says, no, come home to me. Come home to me. And some of y'all will probably never know the tears that I shed when I was doing that service. When I was at home putting that service together, I literally would stop and cry. Because you were hurting, I was hurting. I knew what you was going through. And I tried to, I tried to watch my words very carefully of what I said because I didn't want to say anything that would cause you more hurt. But knowing and meeting and being friends with some of those family members made it so much easier to say the words that were in my heart. See, that's what I do at a funeral. But if it's somebody I really and truly know, the words are from my heart. Because you are special, and that person was very special. And you always want that funeral to give the family encouragement. That's why we need to talk with our family. If they do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, is to introduce them to him before that time comes. I think that's one of the hardest funerals I've ever had to do is a non-Christian funeral. But if, he, if, they know the, if they know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and you know where they're at and the family knows where they're at, it makes it so much easier. And it's so much easier to try to comfort the family and the words that you speak. And I have to speak the words that will glorify God. But we're going to be here on this earth until God's done with us. And we've served the purpose that he has us here for. And some of us may never know that purpose. But God does. He has a purpose. And after you've served that purpose, we might be kind of like David, it's time to go home. Maybe you get your families raised. You know they're okay. Your children, you've introduced them to Jesus. And you know if something happens to you, Jesus is going to watch over them. Take care of them. But see, that was one of the purposes you had. Was to introduce your family, your children, your friends to Jesus. And that's something we all should do. Make sure that they know the Lord Jesus Christ. God has appointed for you and me to serve him. 
And that, that job is to tell others about him and bring them into a relationship with Jesus. Because there's going to be a time they're going to need him. They're going to need him. You know, it was just like uh, my sister. I didn't know she would ever really come to Christ. But she did. My mother and father, I don't know. I don't know about them. They're never in church. I never saw them pray. Anything. But two, we're told, I've had people ask me, do you think my loved one is in heaven? They even wondered. I'll be honest with them. I said, you know, I cannot answer that. I said, we never know what God does in the last few moments of a person's life. Look at the thief on the cross. Moments to live that he accepts Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. We never know in those last moments what God does. So there's no way I can say, no, I'm sorry, your loved one's not in heaven. I just have to tell them I cannot answer because I don't know what God did in the last few moments of their life. Very easily, they could have said yes to God and be with Him. That's what we pray for, that people will come to know God. You know, Paul said in Philippians 121, for me to live is Christ. That's to serve Christ. To die is gain. But that's to go home and be with him. That's what Paul said. For me to serve Christ is to live. Or to live, to do the work of Christ. And to die is gain, my gain. Because I get to go home and spend eternity with him. And just like, just like it says, it says, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. When this body dies, if you are a Christian, your spirit immediately goes home to be with God. Oh yes, the body's buried, but the spirit goes home to be with God. And just like over in Ephesians, I say Ephesians, excuse me, Ecclesiastics. Ecclesiastics verse, chapter 7, verse 12. It says, For the body shall return back to the dust from which it came, but the spirit shall go back home to God who gave it. So the spirit goes back to God. Yes, the body goes back to dust. But then one day when Jesus comes back, that dust... Well, that body is reunited with the Spirit and we say goes back to heaven to be with Jesus. So it's up to us now to make sure that our loved ones, our family, and our friends know Christ. And we have to do that while we've got the opportunity. We do not know what tomorrow holds 
we do not know if we have tomorrow. So what we do, we have to do now while we can. So if you've got family that don't know Jesus, try to introduce them to where they know him. So when that day comes in their life, you know where they're at. But we all have an appointment with God. Whether it's to be in heaven with him or whether it's judgment, we will all, we shall all have an appointment. We may have an appointment, it may be the rapture. Or we may have an appointment before it will be the judgment seat of Christ. If you know Jesus Christ, it's the rapture. If you don't, you have an appointment to meet him at the judgment seat, the great white throne judgment. So introduce Jesus to your loved ones. I know sometimes, you know, sometimes it's hard to talk to a loved one, a relative about Christ. Why? Because they knew you back when you didn't know Christ. They knew how you were. They knew how you acted. And they said, hey, I remember you when you was growing up. You didn't serve Jesus. You said, the only thing I can do is say, you're absolutely right. I didn't. And I regret that I didn't. But I do now. Because I have met him in a personal way. And I'm in a personal relationship with him. And that will never change. So, talk to your friends, your relatives. Tell them about Jesus. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that someday we will see you. Lord, we have an appointment with you. And Lord, I just pray that appointment is in heaven, in your presence for all eternity. So, Lord, I just ask you today to bless those that are here, to encourage them, to spread your, your name, your word to their friends, to their relatives that don't know you. Lord, just let us introduce a lost world to you that they may receive you and receive eternal life Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for drawing us to you and receiving us as your children. So, Lord, I just ask a blessing upon those here tonight and those that couldn't be here. But, Lord, just let your presence be felt. Let your word go forth. And, Lord, we just give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.